0: Hello, oh, fellow time travelers. We are now part of the Direction Point Podcast Network, a podcast network specifically devoted to Doctor Who podcasts, including the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the Police Box in a Junkyard Podcast, and Time Streams. You can find the Direction Point Network at DirectionPoint.org. Check out all of our sister podcasts and enjoy your travels.
1: They all say who.
0: Do you collect Doctor Who? With over 100 Target books stacked up, you are definitely a Doctor Who collector. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Merspergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who, including Target books, for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, you can learn a lot about Doctor Who collecting. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast. Enjoy your travels. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight.
2: We're the Time Streams Podcast.
0: Find
1: us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts you're listening to
0: the doctor who target book club enjoy your travels hello darlings i'm katie manning and i play joe grant and joe grant jones in doctor who <laughs> and iris Wildtime. hello lovelies. <laughs> and you're listening to doctor who target book club podcast enjoy your travels darlings bye-bye
1: with a dalek and hug him underneath the mistletoe and if he's very nice I'll feed him sugar spice and hang a Christmas stocking from his big left toe
0: hello fellow time travelers and welcome back to the Doctor Who Target Book Club The podcast in which we undertake the festive task of discussing in story order all the Doctor Who novelizations. But that's not what we're doing today. Oh, no. (laughs) Instead, we're taking a kind of break and doing a holiday special. One that doesn't involve Target or books or, it could be argued, even Doctor Who. (laughs) my name is tony witt and today we have an equally festive three-person discussion panel including our so-called expert who's been a who fan since 1979 that would be me there's our intermediate level casual fan who's seen several episodes was not previously read any of the books until these podcasts and this time it's the worthy dalton hughes hello dalton hello and finally we welcome back to the podcast the glamorous jenny Ingersoll. Hello, jenny
2: ho ho hello
0: (laughs) (laughs) you ho 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 you (laughs) sorry we had to get those out of our systems
2: that will not work (laughs) it will still be in the system
0: Mm-hmm. yeah that's true that's true it very much is if you like what you're hearing though again i can't imagine why please check our patreon page at patreon.com forward dw target bc depending on the amount you give per month you'll receive among other possible goodies mugs and t-shirts with our logos on them just like giving to Pbs but not a target book since we know you have so many of those you've had to make a holiday tree out of them because there's no other room in your house for a real one <laughs> just to say thank you for being willing have to stay on the virtual air. And as usual, we'd like to thank our regular patrons Bart Lammy, Rick Taylor, Toby Banglesdorf, Jay barry the Video Junkyard Podcast, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, Hans Wack, Stephen Pickering, James summonall Dave Davis, and Simon Painter. Thank you all. Yes, thank you.
2: Thank you. I like our comparison to pbs you know we're we're like a skankier pbs um (laughs) skankier pbs how dare you i like that that comparison have you seen the nudity that gets away on pbs i haven't i i come from the wishbone era
0: oh that's right you do Mm -hmm. i forgot you're just a wee little pup aren't you (laughs) We also have our Goodreads discussion group where you, the listener, can discuss upcoming books and previous podcasts. You can find us there at tinyurl.com, Y7K, M-A-S-P-R. In fact, we expect you to. The holidays come but once a year, thank God. And once upon a time, this was also true of the Doctor Who Annuals. So today we're discussing stories from one of them, specifically the first to feature Romana and K-9, the 1980 Doctor Who Annual. Without further ado, here are some fast facts. The 1980 Doctor Who Annual, published by World Distributors in September 1979. As of this recording of December of 2021, this title is currently out of print, but is available in PDF format on the DVD release of City of Death, 64 pages. As we said last year when we did this, we don't talk about the annuals on the show because they were not a target thing. We also don't talk about them because they're not a particularly good thing sometimes. (laughs) They were published every year from 1965 until 1985, with the exception of 1971, by World Distributors Limited. A company that specialized in annuals linked to popular properties, so they would do annuals for other British shows like Thunderbirds and such. They were always published in the autumn, just in time for the holidays, when they'd be given as gifts quite often for Christmas. They also did one-off books for the Daleks and for K-9. The annuals always carried a cover date of the upcoming year, kind of like cars do. So the one we're looking at today, the 1980 annual, was published in 1979, by which time the season after the Key to Time had already begun to air. So that's one of the weird things about this, just like the last time when we had the Doctor Sarah and Harry in the annual. Harry would not have been on the screen anymore, and I'm not sure Sarah was either. Hmm. Since this one features Romana and K-9, it is ostensibly set during or immediately after the key to time season, but as usual with these things, there's no way in hell that any of these stories can be considered canonical. (laughs) When John Nathan Turner took over as producer of the show in 1980, he insisted on a tighter connection between the annuals and the show, and as a result, those later ones are a marked improvement. This one, of course, is the year before that happens. (laughs) So the improvement is not quite there yet. Unfortunately, the annuals ended production before the show did. In the 1990s, Marvel Comics UK secured the license to produce similarly formatted Doctor Who yearbooks, and those ran from 1991 to 1996, despite the fact that only a few new stories were produced during that time. Since the beginning of the new series in 2005, publications similar to, or even called, annuals have been produced by Panini, BBC Children's Books, and IDW. So... I asked each of us to choose a story from the 1980 annual, which we would then all read and discuss. (laughs) Yes, because that's fun for some reason. So (laughs) let's start with the first of these. Dalton, what story did you choose?
1: I chose the story Light Fantastic.
0: Okay, and what is that story about?
1: The Doctor and Romana find themselves on a planet that is uh, basically pitch black, um, (laughs) and there are fancy lights that show up, and a disembodied voice.
0: So, very low budget.
1: Yes, yes, this would be a great (laughs) (laughs) six-parter.
0: Oh God, believe me, it could happen. It really could. Oh god. Um
1: they but they find out that the the voice is an old time lord that has somehow I, I I even forgot how how he became this this uh basically energy entity but
0: um experimentation with radiation. Yes, 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 yes. In general. Yeah. So they yeah. they Nothing do, specific.
1: they deal with him though and
0: of course, yeah. And his name is Raddick, yes. Because of course, that's a very time lordy name. <laughs> oh god, where do we start with this one? Ah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this one, Dalton?
1: Well, I initially I just chose it because reading the titles, and as I messaged you when I decided I wanted to trip the light fantastic. <laughs> I I didn't have any kind of thoughts about it before that i i figured it would have to do something with with lights maybe they're gonna find some kind of extraterrestrial something to do with aurora borealis or something like that but um the last episode you talked about the sonic screwdriver basically being the doctor's phaser the thing that just fixes whatever and the fact that he destroys radic by using this on a screwdriver which is set to what 80 Hertz
0: <laughs> Yes!
1: yeah it's uh, it's it's an easy out
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Um, <laughs> they actually kill him with it, apparently.
1: Yeah. I do like the fact that whenever the Doctor and Romana leave the TARDIS, instead of this being a world where they can breathe fine, the atmosphere is inhabitable, you know, they actually have to use these suits to help protect them from UV rays. I mean, the guy messed around with radiation, so this planet is basically just screwed. <laughs> right um so that that's interesting we don't usually have that where the doctor and his companions have to have some kind of barrier between themselves and wherever they're they they've stumbled upon
0: yeah in fact we haven't had them put on protective suits on screen since the web planet when they had those weird atmospheric density jackets and i think uh, I hate to compare this story with an even worse one, but <laughs> Doctor Who and the Pescatons. Oh, God. The Doctor and his uh, his suit. Uh, I think it's, yeah, he's got a scuba suit or something in mm-hmm. that, doesn't he? Diving Bell. Yeah, the it. Diving Bell. Yeah, but apart from that, yeah, usually uh, we don't see the Doctor or his companions in protective clothing, So, and they're actually illustrated in that protective clothing, which is even more unusual. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I like this illustration of the illustrations that we we had to go on in these three stories that we chose. I like this one that's kind of in the um, the bottom right hand corner of this particular PDF page, where we have the red background, very <laughs> evil, and then the the two characters, Ramana and the Doctor, in black and white, and they yes. have what look you know, very reminiscent of of spacesuits minus the helmet, and the the hair is kind of blowing. Uh, I like this little drawing. Whoever did this one did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks very... It's kind of funny, though, because that's the only thing that I... Just my entire impression of reading this annual is that the pictures don't have a damn thing to do with what's going on in the text. No. Because <laughs> nope. the end of his story is them like, oh, let's take a holiday on this planet now that we've dispatched this renegade Time Lord um, energy dude and whatever, we'll, we'll go down there. Also with like the very patronizing final line... Uh, and off he went to examine the Red Cone time machine with Romana and K-9 close at heel. I'm like, Romana was at heel? Excuse me? She's a dog?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's on a leash. And... Just
2: unacceptable. Uh, but then below them, you have both of them looking very, like, forlorn and sort of destitute, like, in this image. It doesn't... <laughs> I would assume that it would have been, like... I don't know, them looking more celebratory? Maybe this is when they had yet to destroy um, Raddick. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they look like they've they've spent months on this planet
2: instead of like 15 (laughs) minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially since Romana saves the day in this one, she shouldn't be at, at heel from anybody because she's the one that actually figures out the sonic screwdriver is what needs to take care of this guy. Yeah. Yeah and doesn't get any credit for it which is i guess kind of in character and in keeping
1: yeah that that's that seems to be something we've had happen before the doctor not really giving credit where it's due
2: (laughs) i do like the uh all caps text for radic i think somehow just visually that's a nice touch and gives the impression that he his voice is quite loud, that it's all kind of expansive. It was interesting, you know, having read the novelizations, and, and even though we, at least I, access them as a PDF, thinking about, okay, I would be reading this as a book, and then looking at this text and thinking, oh, this is more in like a magazine format, and there's images mm-hmm. and there's colors and blocking of the text. It created a little bit of a different experience. So I think if I had read all caps in a novel i would have been like okay this is a little corny but somehow on the page where there is already graphic elements that i'm engaging with it just seemed to me like another graphic element so i was kind of happy to see it mm-hmm.
0: yeah okay did they seem like the doctor and romana and K Nine to you are they in character would you say uh
1: i felt like it, it was a pretty good proxy <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of them. I mean considering that this is like you like you said this isn't officially a, a Doctor Who story. So, I think whoever wrote this uh did a pretty good job of kind of getting the characterization of them.
0: Yeah, because at at the beginning romana is actually giving the doctor some sass of, uh, he's testing the tardis to see how long it takes to leave and come back mm-hmm. and she shows up canine by showing that she knows something about the planet and the doctor gets really annoyed about it. it that all seemed very much in character yeah until he gets to the end with the doctor saying would you like to settle here mm-hmm. it's like what yeah what on earth are you talking about <laughs> There are some oddities in this. In fact, well, like any annual, (laughs) there are oddities, such as they appear to be on special assignment for the Time Lords in at least two of these three stories. Mm -hmm. And there's even the implication that that's happening in the third one, too. So it's like, oh, so they're done with the key to time, but they never really were working for the Time Lords doing that, and now they are working for the Time Lords and the Academy wants to know what happened to this guy, the Time Lord with lowercase T, lowercase L, and a hyphen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the hell that's about. But...
1: Well, he didn't finish the Academy, right? So he's... <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't hasn't earned his capital letters yet? Yes. <laughs> you can't, can't get rid of the hyphen until you've actually got your degree. Oh, good God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a junior time lord
0: he's a junior time lord like junior doctor who exactly oh god we're back to that again (laughs) sorry that's okay that's fine (laughs) Uh, comparatively that's a happy memory to to this one i'm I'm not sure maybe i'm just being
2: mean (laughs) to this one
0: anything else that stands out to you from this very brief story. Mm.
2: I think when you earlier asked, does do these seem like the characters? A canine is the one that comes through the most for me, and I was happy to see him. Since directly before this, I had happened to to read the Kroll story where Canine is not to be found, and I like Canine. I I like his Star Trek Data esque like responses to things, <laughs> um and so I thought that that was was very much the Canine that I I know and like. Um, Maybe slightly less the Doctor and Romana, but maybe just because this goes faster. uh, Mm -hmm. That we didn't have enough time to really sit down with them as much. Although I can point to specific pieces of dialogue that I would say, oh yeah, that that characterizes them enough.
0: Yeah, it's surprisingly, I don't want to say well written. It's better written than these Mm -hmm. tend to be. Mm -hmm. At least for me it was anyway. Because it seemed to actually feel like the Dr. Romana and K-9, and not just, oh, it's the annual version of the Dr. Romana and K-9, because just like we had the annual version of the Dr. Sarah and Harry last year. It it can be bizarre how different these characters can be. At least here, the illustrations actually look like them, unlike in previous annuals. Mm -hmm.
2: Maybe this is a really detailed question, but when they identify the time machine and they're like oh this looks familiar it's from the conic period say 60 or 70 years old wouldn't you say and i thought oh is is that like a normal range of time for them to be talking about cuz i are the time lords like really old like they can live for a long time and i somehow I expected it to be longer would this person would it have taken longer for this radic character to do whatever he did on this planet like than 60 to 70 years i don't know if that's a weird question to ask
0: it's not. I don't think we've ever established that with you before. Yeah, the Doctor at this point is 756.
2: Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I thought maybe this would have been like, I would have expected them to say, oh, I think that's like 400 years old or something. Like, I don't know, like longer? It seemed like a very short amount of time. I was like, well, what can you really do with 60 to 70 years on a cosmic scale? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it It is, especially since Romana herself is soon established to be in her 120s. Yeah, Mm -hmm. So it's within her lifetime. So, yeah, I think it's just the writer trying to come up with something that sounds vaguely long, but not realizing that the show itself actually does longer periods. Okay,
2: okay.
0: Yeah, that might
2: be it.
1: Yeah, but also like recent enough that it would be something that maybe the, the Academy would care about
0: yeah Uh, (laughs) okay
1: you know if it's in more recent history they would want to maybe kind of keep tabs on this person as opposed to you know other rogue time lords we've had that have been 300 400
0: years gone whatever yeah he's not morbius is he no he's he's not even he's not the master he's not even the meddling monk he's just some guy who washed out of the academy and they're like oh vaguely we may want to keep tabs on him so we might and as well or send kill the him with a screwdriver <laughs> yes exactly yeah. at 80 kilohertz <laughs> so the sonic screwdriver only has one frequency what what good what that? I don't ask me about the wavelength stuff. I actually don't know anything about physics and it's probably all wrong anyway. Right. But it's just mm. yeah. You know, time Lord wants revenge. Yeah, this is
1: the early iteration. It'll it'll get a, a tuner later. So
0: <laughs> an auto tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So we're gonna rate each of these individually out of five stars, so um, Dalton, you read this. You chose this. What would you give this out of five stars?
1: I would give this a a, a three. Oh, it's decent to me. It's it's brief, but I feel like I get the characters and they. I, I was joking about it being a six parter, but I think if this was maybe expanded into something bigger, it could it could be interesting. Hmm. So okay. it, it it caught my interest. Hmm, Jenny, how many
0: would you give it?
2: Interestingly, I I'm also gonna go with a three. I think that the narrative for what it is is actually somewhat cohesive. I would be curious to learn more about this orange slime, but I'm not going to (laughs) ask. And I like somewhat how at the end of it, they're just very like, all right, die by a screwdriver. Bye. Let's take a vacation. I like how (laughs) abruptly and like harshly it ends. I'm just like, well, fuck. Okay. Uh, Guess that's what they are doing here. Uh, And I'm, I'm a fan of especially this red page. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool I could see like putting yeah. this up on my wall
0: yeah the whole page in fact isn't that a splash page let me take a look at yeah, it it's... again real quick here it's two pages yeah, yeah the whole thing you could just lift that out of the annual if you wanted to destroy a priceless artifact no you can <laughs> probably probably get the 1980 annual for say I don't know, sixty bucks or something on eBay. I think Larry Van Mersbergen would know better about that than I would. So, but yeah, it, it it's it's actually lovely for once. We don't usually get lovely artwork Mm-mm. in the annuals. <laughs> no, we really don't. Which is why I would also give this a three because um, it actually looks good for once. It doesn't seem like a terrible story. It actually captures their voices, which again is really unusual. Though I have to say, uh, that first image of Tom Baker at the very beginning, Light Fantastic, <laughs> is his coming out. The TARDIS looks fine, but he looks very much like Skeletor when you get the close up that's behind yeah, him. Yeah. It's like, oh God, he didn't age well, did he? He's
1: got wonderful cheekbones.
0: <laughs> yes, he doesn't even look like that now. So it's a little frightening. So yeah, I'd say three. Okay, Jenny, what story did you choose?
2: I chose a, a comic, The the Weapon is what it is called. And <laughs> yes, you know, I picked it because of the art that I, I actually do enjoy reading comics. I, I think it's a different kind of narrative challenge to look at and, and think about how are these pictures and, and the words and where they are on the page telling the story I don't have formal training in kind of writing or analy- analyzing comics. Uh, I wish I did cause I think it is really an interesting enterprise. Um, but that was what first got me cause I, but well, we'll talk about some of these pictures. I really hope we do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but insofar as I can tell, this is a story about uh, the Doctor and Romana and K-9, although I don't know that we actually ever see K-9. Um, I don't think we
0: do. Which
2: is sad, because I like, I think one time I I googled it, like, from the show to see how he looked, and I, I like him quite a lot. Uh, he looks like a little Star Wars-esque kind of, of robot. <laughs> and so, but this is a story about the, the three of them landing in some sort of, you know, night nights and... Medieval? and armor yeah medieval thank you medieval time and there is a a weapon that is very mysterious and it kills <laughs> kills <laughs> uh people and that's it and it's fine <laughs> that's, insofar as i can tell the the thrust of this story that we we condone violence um <laughs> and yeah
0: yeah because they just let them keep it don't they <laughs> that there's the black knight and then you have i guess the white knights, yes and they're fighting over the weapon and there's some sort of weird chess thing going on i guess i yeah. can't quite get
2: that i have questions about what the weapon even is Mm-hmm. I, we can see it in the the second is the second or the third. On um, beginning of the third page, we talk about the the confrontation between the the black knight and his men, and I guess the white knights. And in the panel on the upper left, we see a knight. I don't know if it is the the black knight or a white knight wielding the weapon. I think, but I can't even tell like where it's coming from. It looks sort of like it is a part of his arm, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> difficult to tell it's just sort of this like fiery fleshy blob that's emanating somewhere from him and then on the right panel we we see some oh no i i see that it is a a guy now you know reeling back from his horse and the blood flying out the white knight is killed which is surprising
0: for a kid's book like this that's a surprisingly gruesome image Mm -hmm. i would think
2: yeah that's true
0: yeah, it it looks like it's. I I think at one point when the the weapon is uh, knocked out of the Black Knight's hand, someone we don't know who shouts out, "Doctor, quick, the laser!" And <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a laser, but I I I I get so confused there because I don't know what's going on.
2: Because I can you're right. We can see it again. Um, Black's aim is is deadly. And so it was canines. I think that was my question. I was like, is this laser from the, no, I guess this one is coming from the guy. It is not canine's laser. It's, it's the weapon's laser. Um, Dr. Quake mm-hmm. the laser, he's looking on the ground. And then, yeah, then we're seeing maybe the doctor holding the weapon, which kind of looks like a, a crystal ball in that, that mm-hmm. next one, or, it, or at least the light is, is doing that. Confusing. <laughs> Just a bit.
0: Yeah. In fact, it's not clear if the Doctor has it. Yeah. Now we have the advantage. I don't know who's saying that. Yes, but it is too late. I don't know who's saying that because both of the word balloons, even though calling them balloons is kind of being kind (laughs) to them.
2: The word porcupines. Yes. Yes.
0: Whatever they are, um, are both pointed in the Doctor's general direction. Yeah. Like a farting Frenchman.
1: In your gender direction, your mother was a hamster, and your
0: father smelt of elderberries. (laughs) And then he says, "Come on, Romana, and K-9," and they leave. (laughs) And then we get that weird, that bizarre speech at the end it's no use the white soldiers are almost wiped out they have no leader and we cannot provide them with one she still isn't convinced doesn't that mean we're letting evil win white resigned black one that's chess if you wish but there's no need for that to be changed next time may be different the black horsemen no longer have their leader or weapon the weapon was an intervention by the forces of evil (laughs) Our only task was to restore the balance. Wait, you had a task in this whole thing. The remaining horsemen are powerless, and their own evil will destroy them in the end. There's no hope of lasting power for those who are ignorant. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't say that if you lived through the last four years in the United States, but there you go., the <laughs> yeah, I know sorry, and there's it's chess, but I don't ah, uh, Dalton, I'm sorry. Let me let you talk about this for a bit, because what what was what did you get out of this?
1: Uh, not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, reading it, it, since this does seem to kind of come after the the key to time, that's kind of what I figured. I thought that it was maybe like a nod to the Black Guardian and the White Guardian and how they're oh. talking about the balance mm. of power through the universe. Huh but but yeah we don't have a lot of information to even give us any indication of who sent them there if if this is like some an, a, another mission they are sent on by the white guardian um to ensure the balance is intact you know we don't we don't really get anything like that we're basically kind of thrown into the middle of this conflict and yeah, it, it it seemed to me that the doctor basically retrieves the laser and so now they just basically have to fight it out with with regular weapons instead of one of them having its major advantage over the other.
0: Okay, so you read it as he took the laser and now the balance is restored because the weapon itself was was removed. Okay.
1: That that's what I got out of it.
0: <laughs> that's what that's what I thought it was, but the 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 images themselves don't really seem to match the text very well at all. Mm -hmm. As somebody who has taught comics a couple of times in the classroom, I look at this and I'm just confused. I I see where, uh, Jenny, you were engaged by the artwork because it really is doing some weird European stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Which which makes sense. This this seems like the sort of thing that would have been printed in Epic Illustrated, which was a very, um, how, how shall I put this? It was a very heavy metal inspired magazine uh. done by Marvel Comics in the late 70s, early 80s. And I was very fond of it. Uh, this artwork looks a lot like that. But those stories were more, more coherent than
2: this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who was sort of led astray by the images, that they just didn't seem to have a whole, The especially the thought bubbles, you know, were, were not attributed to certain characters or the sequence of them. Like, there wasn't a lot of logic where, as usually if you are reading a comic, even if it's not a standard logic, you can tell, oh, okay, they're always putting this person's like dialogue up here and then that one and then the one on the bottom. But we're at, there were mm-hmm. no rules seemingly here. Yeah. But I do like a lot of these images. I like the title panel, the weapon, a very kind of 2001 Space Odyssey looking shot of the TARDIS mm-hmm. out there. And then, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going And like like, like is true, but sometimes like is because I think it's funny. Like at the bottom of the first page, we have <laughs> um, fucking Romana there in like her little... I don't even know what she's wearing. She's wearing like... Some- <laughs> yeah 80s 70s get up and oh it's really quite pleasant here just hanging out by a log and then right in the next frame it's suddenly everything has become dark and she's like a demon with like white hair and Mm -hmm. it's like oh no who are you (laughs) like there's a wind suddenly i don't the the contrast between those two panels is really uh really something And uh, the other one that I really like, uh, or other ones that I like, or this is, I think, on the third page down where it's Black's aim is deadly. I don't know why we have, again, what also looks like a 2001 Space Odyssey image of like that face with the red and the orange kind of impressionistic light. It reminds me very much at the end of of 2001 where Dave is going through his like trippy (laughs) space experience, like... That yeah. really is reminiscent of that. And then, of course, on the last page where the doctor is making his speech and his face is all in shadow and it almost looks like his two eyes are pointing in separate directions. I'm like, damn, this is sort of weird and scary. Like, oh, oh yeah. And then, like, the little bucolic field that they're walking through in yes. the previous one with, like, the little cotton puffs, whatever those are. Um, I like how we go from there to, like, the, the dark shadows again. It's mm-hmm. never... Really sure what kind of weather we're having in this time. Um, things <laughs> certainly seem to go from light to dark quite quite suddenly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that last one of the Doctor reminds me of uh, what's the demon and the Exorcist.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: P- Pazuzu. Or... Pazuzu.
1: Yeah, that you just get the single frame
0: of. That's what it. Kind yeah, of, that or like the
2: Emperor of. from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh God,
0: he does look like Palpatine. Yeah, yeah.
2: Palpatine. Oh, yeah. Some of um, the
1: some of the um, images of the Doctor look like they are like direct pulls from other episodes of Doctor Who oh. so, yes. so like it's taking a still of Tom Baker from a, uh, one episode and then just making the background different making the scenery around him you know not mm-hmm. be whatever it originally was so
0: and yet he seems like he's dressed like pertly, yes <laughs> because the scarf is not nowhere to be seen yeah
2: interesting that would explain why in a lot of these scenes i feel like the doctor is actually animated quite realistically like Mm -hmm. that i look at them and look at him and think oh yeah that's like a person whereas some of the animations of like the knights or other things i'm like oh this this is just like a drawing of a person do you know what i mean
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it does have that sense to it doesn't it Mm -hmm. i also noticed that romana actually does look like mary tam which is lovely, but huh. she appears to have time to change her outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she is in that red blouse with the yellow top or orange top in that image that you were talking about. But later when she brings K-9 along, she's in an outfit that's more like the one she wears in Rebus Operation. And it's like, um, when did you have time to change?
2: <laughs> oh, we do say K-9 in the bottom of that. Okay, there he is. Yeah, I just...
1: very briefly. Just, yeah, just
0: I didn't even notice that.
2: Yeah, and just right until this moment, I thought that we hadn't hadn't had him in there. Okay, there he is. Yay!
0: And when they're going through the poppy field, he's not with them at all.
2: Nope. Fuck him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Unless he's hidden by the poppies, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so strange. So... um, I
1: hmm. I did enjoy the bit about the doctor thinking that the castle was, like, a museum or something, you know, he would he would come upon someone that's going to give him a tour, he you know, <laughs> thinking that they were still in the 20th century, not realizing that somehow they had been
0: taken back. And yet the end makes it sound like he knew they were on a mission the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, what the fuck? <laughs> these,
1: are, these are really good
0: LARPers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> and the doctors misinterpreted what he's been doing this whole time. The mm-hmm. mission, it's like, no, he was just among slarpers and they didn't even kill each other. They'll get up afterwards. Everyone's gone. getting to get up
2: afterwards. It's fine. Yep. There's yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. They're all going to have chili and cheese afterwards because <laughs> it's a cold day. Yeah. <laughs> chili and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head it, it just sounds really good all of a sudden chili and cheese This is
2: like the it's, funniest thing ever like it sounds like now that must be some sort of established thing amongst LARPers like after you're done LARPing you you have chili and always cheese
0: always get chili and cheese yeah we should make it a tradition shouldn't we <laughs> Yeah. next time we do this we should have chili and cheese and, in honor of the LARPers you, you
2: know. know okay so I just saw something in um, oh, <laughs> the no. very last In the very last panel, which is also a little bit confusing because you have this, like, weird foreground drawing of the doctor, like, looking like a burnt corpse. And then (laughs) Dramana. But at the bottom right, there are what looks like some sort of, I don't know, mechanical parts sticking up from out of the frame. Is that supposed to be canine? What what is that?
0: Those are chess pieces. (laughs) Oh,
2: you're right. They are. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Fancy game of chess, either of you? And he's got two chess pieces. Oh, and
2: he's holding them. I see. Okay. Like, in the very extreme foreground.
0: Yeah. Having not really established that this whole thing is about chess and black and white. No, not at all. Previously, (laughs) they've decided to really hammer it home in the last three or four panels. Good God. Because they know they're almost done. Oh, God. (laughs)
2: I, d- I do see a name at the bottom of this. It says Paul.
0: Yes, and I oh, I I knew I should have done my due diligence here because um, it. I think we know who the artist is, and we know that this was one of the last things he worked on. Oh. I know that whatever artist, well, the last Doctor Who annual he worked on.
2: I was gonna say you that like, he he died like <laughs> the
0: no, last no, thing no. he
2: worked on. Before the no, weapon all got I him. know
0: is that I did read that. In fact, let me look it up very quickly, because it should have been in my notes, and it was not. I do remember that when I looked this up, the one bit of interesting trivia, well, not really interesting, but that I should have given you, is that the cover image hmm. is from the Rebos operation, so it's from the correct era. It's from the season we've been reading. Okay. And it's the first time that the Doctor Who logo is used on the annual because previously oh. the Doctor Who annual had always been called DR period Who annual. <laughs> it did not use the logo before now. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, so it's the first time you see the title of the full name. Now, let me check very quickly.
2: I did a quick Googling. It looks like maybe Paul Crompton, C-R-O-N-P-T-O-N.
0: That's exactly right. Thank right. you. Paul Crompton. That's it. That's exactly right. Paul Crompton was indeed the one who did. And I don't know if he did the art for the entire annual or just the comic. Yeah. In fact, it's listed as Paul Crompton on Goodreads as well.
2: That's Yeah, that's what I'm seeing in another one. But the art style seems not consistent, unless <laughs> maybe Paul, Mr. Crompton can just, you know, do different styles and wanted to try them out for different parts of the annual.
0: It may very well be. In fact, I'm looking back and it's saying that all of the annuals previous to this were done by Paul Crompton, which I did not know because the annuals are not my um, wheelhouse. Obviously, Mm. I happen to own physical copies of all of them, which is strange and bizarre. (laughs) But yeah, Jenny, what? What did you give this out of five stars?
2: Well, see, this is a situation where if I were really like rating the story, I probably would, you know, give it like a two out of five. But I I like the art and having I had so much fun trying to understand and interpret the art and figure out what the hell was going on in this story that I actually want to give it higher because I just enjoyed that. Uh, I I picked it and I'm glad that I did. So I'm giving it a three out of five. Okay. And Dalton, (laughs) what would you give it?
1: Uh, I'll probably go with a 2.5 for it. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not
2: hurt. Don't worry. How,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to judge you on what you made me read. <laughs> how dare you, Jenny? Um, I, uh, I I enjoyed the artwork. The story itself was a little... Uh, Confusing, but I think given that we only have what one, two, three, four, five, six pages to compile some kind of story, we we get something. It it's it's not completely successful, but I kind of saw what they were going for, and it's it it at least made me think and feel
0: something. So <laughs> two point five. Okay, and I'd I'd have to give it a two because as a comic. It doesn't work for me at all. I prefer my layouts to make a little more sense than this. And this one actually doesn't. I did find some information about Paul Crompton. And he did specifically do this. It said he wasn't credited for this annual, but some of the artwork was signed, and I'm reading directly from Goodreads right now. The weapon was a particularly graphically violent comic strip. (laughs) Uh, the, The story was Crompton's personal favorite, and it was inspired by Legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. He got a lot of references for faces for the strip from the Sunday Times magazine and added the armor on afterwards, which is why they look that way. And yeah, it looks like a comic that has a lot of what they call in the business swiping, where you kind of do a tracing of a photo hmm. or someone else's art. It, it's got that feel to it. And you'd expect that, wouldn't you, from a Doctor Who annual, because they have to be produced fairly quickly, and they probably don't have a huge budget. You're right, Jenny, some of this art is really lovely, but trying to marry it with the text hmm. is just that's a match made in hell in some ways so yeah (laughs) i'd give it a two all right that brings us to (laughs) oh god (laughs) yes that brings us to x ronnie and the ugly mutants which was (laughs) my choice oh god um, in the story, the Doctor and Romana are investigating the planet Zethra, or Xethra, probably, which is undergoing a mutation crisis and a power struggle between the X-Rani and the controller of the planet Ethra, which is why I think it might be x rather than Zethra. The Doctor has to help X-Rani take power back from the controller, but not everything is as it seems. Let me explain why I chose this one. <clears throat> And it's not just because of that god-awful, ugly image of Mary Tam on the very first page. (laughs) Even though it is abominable. She's a beautiful woman, and this just makes her look like a mutation. (laughs) An ugly mutation at that. The one on
1: the Doctor is not much better.
0: No, it really isn't. (sighs) Um, The reason I chose this is because in a few seasons, we will have a renegade Time Lord villain called the Rani. Pickled in time, like gherkins in a jar. So... (laughs) Um, and she's named the Rani for the exact same reason that this character's named the ex-Rani. It's because Rani is uh, another word for queen. Mm. So I, I don't know what language it's from. I don't know whether it's from Hindi or from Urdu, but it, it means queen. <laughs> so ex-queen, probably. But uh, the, uh <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one. To be honest, so I'm gonna let y'all start with it. Even though it was my story, I'm gonna <laughs> let y'all start because Jesus. What do you think? What what did you make of this?
2: Dalton, uh, <laughs> um, no I I what to you. Say. I'm actually trying to find a particular line, so let me give me one moment to to select this. I'm just I, it it did that thing that.
1: The books do sometimes where it is totally going in one direction and then literally like the last paragraph for the last page totally flips it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I did not I did not see uh, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that all along the doctor was being played by yeah. the bad guy.
0: Or that he was playing her back because he suspected that she was the bad guy. Yeah. Because who would, who thinks that way? Yeah. (laughs) Even the Doctor doesn't generally think that way. Well, this plot just doesn't make any damn sense if you go through it. So they land on Ex-Ethra, and the Ex-Ronnie is there, seeing over these ugly mutants who apparently were on Ethra, but they've been sent to this planet, and she's left there to watch Over them, but somehow she has the ability to mutate people Mm -hmm. because she uses it on Romana at one point and then on the doctor later. Yeah, but she says she used to rule on Ethra and so she wants him to help her overthrow the controller, but he suspects that she's lying and indeed she is because the controller sent her there for reasons. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on.
1: Yeah, and she can mutate, but she can also unmutate, so it doesn't make sense uh-huh. why why the mutants that are with her are are still even there? mutants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean she says that she she controls them and she makes them fight, but It's just, there's no reasoning behind any of it, really?
2: Yeah, I think, like, the first, just the way that this starts, I'm like, what is even going on? They're just running away from things that are very ugly. And I'm like, you are a Time Lord. Like, you have gone over the entire universe. You have probably seen some upsetting things in your time. I just kind of have a hard time believing that either of them would be repelled by, like, mutated creatures. Mm -hmm. or. I don't know if it's just because I got done watching the 1992 masterpiece, a league of their own. In which Oh, oh. <laughs> if anyone, have you, you've seen this movie, right?
1: Oh, oh yes. Of course. There's
2: no crying in baseball. Yeah. And, and which like, <laughs> you know, the character of Marla is just so shat upon in this story about how like, it's a running gag throughout the movie, how ugly she is. And I don't know whether I, it's just because I watched this and I was like, I don't think that this is like, an excuse anymore. Like it's, you know, beauty standards are so subjective in, in society. Like, what do we even mean by ugly? And there's this one, you know, line towards the end of the story. I This may be like page five when the doctor is, I think, having just been mutated. And it said that the lump pulled out into more bodily proportions and in doing so became more horrifying still with mangling mutations vying for the Atherin's attentions for the guards who were unfamiliar with even the slightest blemish. It was like a burnt out body from a fire making your stomach turn over and your whole system want to reject the evidence of your eyes. I was like, <laughs> fucking Christ. Like, and this is for kids. Yeah, I just yeah. thought, like, it's for kids. Like, like, what is this for? Like what is this story teaching to people like oh god if you see anything ugly run away because your body your whole system will want to reject the evidence of your eyes like i thought it was so cruel like what is this whole story about the fact that we hate ugliness i just don't even know i i didn't even understand what was going on and to, for them to be shitting on ugliness and have these paintings, I thought was pretty ironic because the art <laughs> in this was, was very, uh, I don't know. What even is her, her name? ex Um Yeah, ex yeah. If mm-hmm. she's supposed to be some kind of looker, I don't know about it because on like the third page, she's looking sort of like this avatar-esque creature with... <laughs> like her weird loin, uh, weird little shirt shift on her i don't know and these weird eyebrows and looking Kathleen like Kathleen Turner yeah. yeah yeah she's like pursing <laughs> her lips and looks like she's about to do something naughty to the doctor i don't know like <sighs>
0: She looks like something from the island of Doctor Moreau to yeah. me because it's got almost this leonine yes. face. Yeah, I-, I was around.
1: gonna say she. Remi- it's like Kathleen Turner mixed with the Beast from the live-action TV show Beauty and the Beast.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, yes. Exactly.
1: That's, that's the mashup. Kathleen
0: Turner on the island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> yeah. So they're not exactly pretty to begin with. No. They- Maybe it's all that b bu- bovita. Is is that the name of the substance <laughs> the that they grass eat? Grass this... or
2: something? Yes. Which... Oh.
0: Bovita. Oh they're 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 bovine then, so they eat grass.
2: I do like the idea though that she's like, Oh, this is this very important substance and then at the end they're like, nah, we just make tea out of that. Do you want some? Like... <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
0: It's essential to Etherin existence. Also good for the treatment of osteoporosis. Because there's something about oh Bavita. It sounds like um, Sally Field should be selling it in commercials. Yeah.
2: Yes, I always thought calcium and
1: vitamin D and exercise would keep my bones healthy. But I got osteoporosis anyway. So my doctor started me on once-monthly Boniva.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, the, the ex-Ronnie says that she heard about them coming... Since when do the Doctor and Romana have an itinerary that they announce to people? Right. Yeah, never. Never. They never know where they're going.
2: That's not how this works. Yeah. The, it just doesn't. No, I I just, I was so thrown off by the way this opens, which just appears to be Romana and the Doctor in it. And I guess, is Kena in this? Uh, nope. Yeah, no, just Doctor and Romana coming, coming to this planet and her being like, so this is Zethra or whatever. And then sort of like apparently just running from like horror to horror. Like I just couldn't imagine like trying to block this out. Like she just goes (laughs) like a, like a fun house, you know, a horror house of, of ugly people apparently and she's just like screaming i'm imagining like a 50s sort of horror movie you know where she's doing the thing where her arms are kind of up in her face and she's fainting away or something i don't (laughs) from from that opening i was like i don't even know what the hell is going on with this what's what is what are we doing
0: and for some reason i'm getting and so this is zethra (laughs) yeah and what have you done (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of some of the stories we read last year that just kind of fall apart from the very beginning. (laughs) And it's almost as if you had a kid saying, oh, let's do this. Oh, but let's do this instead. Oh, but let's put it on this. Oh, and it turns out it's this massive twist at the end. It's like, what? And Romana's left on the other planet with the mutants, but she's probably fine Have some tea with me before you go get her. Yeah. It's like,
2: what? And I thought that that was going to go somewhere, and then it just didn't.
0: Yeah, just ends. He goes out and fetches some (laughs) Bevita.
2: What the hell?
0: Ramon is able to take care of herself, even though she was shitting herself with fear. when she was around the mutants before, and that was with the Doctor and the ex-Ronnie there, so Yeah, I think how that's is feeling?
2: the same kind of you-can-take-care-of-yourself as, like, neglectful parents say to their children. I don't know if <laughs> <laughs> we really trusted that she was able to take care of herself, but I guess she had to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God. I'm gonna ask y'all to give your ratings for this one first. <laughs> so, Dalton, what would you give this out of five?
1: Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'll, I'll give this a a, a 1.5 I I don't know why. <laughs> um the the artwork doesn't really seem to have anything to do with the story no. itself, but But like, I kind of like the one on the last page. It is it is terrifying. Yeah, but it is like it's like Edward Munch meets like Joseph as a Joseph Turner, I think, or um, I don't know. It's 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 very it's evocative. Like I get a feeling from it. I don't know how it applies to the story. But, I
2: agree I was like we got Tilda Swinton here and then somebody else I don't
1: know yeah but it's it's very <laughs> it's very sculptural and it reminds me of like when ceramic artists are creating uh... like a bust and so they're just kind of blocking things out so it it's just like broad strokes with clay <laughs> Um, so you get kind of the idea of the doctor's face but like this picture feels like it should go with the uh, talking about him being mutated so i I, i'm i'm getting off but yeah 1.5 for me the story doesn't make a bit of sense but the artwork is kind of nice i like it
0: okay (laughs) that makes one of us okay and jenny out of five
2: yeah i think if i could give this like a why out of five or a what out of five i would um (laughs) (laughs) i I, somehow i also the the number 1.5 you know mutated itself into my brain when i thought of this story so i will also go for that again maybe out of like sheer entertainment factor uh you i'm willing to to give these that you know in the same way that we would say the room is a good movie because you're just like what the fuck um (laughs) yeah (laughs) 1.5
0: and i am probably going to give it the lowest rating i've given anything on this <gasps> podcast and give it a 0. 0.5 oh my god i mean i i could do a tray and give, give it a, it a zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that i actually read it and put some thought into it means i have to give it something like a d for defert or something like that
2: d <laughs> for defert
0: that's what I usually <laughs> tell my students. It's like, if you write something on the page, they say, well, I wrote something. Why are you failing me? It's all right. I'll give you a D for defert <laughs> It's really um, funny. That's, that's kind of what this is. It's a D for defer because, Christ almighty, this makes no sense. It, uh, the plot and the setup and the illustrations i'm sorry dalton i really do not like the illustrations okay. at all but at least they at least whoever did this one it may have been crompton at least he attempted the scarf this time mm-hmm. at least in one panel In one though i know oh, yeah. yeah yeah the profile of the doctor is actually what they used on the cover of one of the previous annuals so that's just re-swiped artwork mm-hmm. so that's unfortunate but that first image of romana oh my god <laughs> i swear to god Whereas um, tom baker in that first image looks like looks looks like a latin actress from a telenovela for some reason i'm not you know like one of the the older aunts who's having an affair with the the hero's um boyfriend or something.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The
0: it, the proportions
1: off. Like his mouth is like a little too far down.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And those cheekbones um, and that eye, it's like oh my god. So yeah. there's a lot of ugly mutation going on in this and it's an ugly mutation of a doctor who story, which is why I say sometimes these stories don't have much to do with doctor who at all. You get a character who calls himself the Doctor, and you get characters that call themselves by the name of the companion of that particular year, and the rest, it's just, <laughs> mm. it's a Christmas surprise. Yeah,
1: There's no reason that it ended up being an Easter egg on, <laughs> on a DVD <laughs> release.
0: Right. Well, only because they had no other way of releasing the damn things, so why not put them on a DVD? Yeah. Oh, good.
2: I'm trying to find out about this this Paul Crompton person. Are we? Are we doing the thing again where I depend? I figure out how I feel about this depending on if the person is alive or not. If they're they're alive, I feel slightly worse. If they're dead, I'm like, ah well. He's already passed away, but <laughs> yeah, if, if if poor if poor Paul really did do all of these, I mean, I guess it is quite a lot of art to produce for for one thing, mm-hmm. and a lot of this does look like painted, uh, which of course I, I think I'm I'm crapping on this, but of course could I do better? Absolutely not. But uh, yes, yeah, so some of this is is very imaginative. I guess I'll give it that
0: yeah well the back cover is lovely yeah that that shot of tom baker just standing there is actually nice now it doesn't look like him in the face but it's a it's a striking image and i I still one of these days if ever we go back to pre-pandemic getting together for this sort of thing i would so love to play that game that's at the very back the journey through time Because you always get these and these things, and I always wonder if anybody actually cracked the spine on their annual so that they could actually play it. Oh, dear. that's why
2: I'm I'm curious, because the art styles of this just look so different that I wonder if it lists Paul Crompton for art. But does that mean he was like art director that maybe he's assembling lots of art from different kinds of people might have been while also contributing art himself for that one comic? Because it does say Paul there.
0: Yes, because there was another artist that did the other comic story in this volume called uh, Runs a Boy okay boy. okay your boy is a boy
2: well then i would definitely believe that so we can go ahead and crap on whoever did this one <laughs> and know that the <laughs> other ones were were better
0: yeah yeah it probably won't surprise you that on goodreads this got a 3.17 the annual, the whole annual gets a 3.17. I'm not actually reading the other reviews on there because it's unfair to uh, read reviews from there when we didn't open it up to our Goodreads crew because I didn't know we were doing this until about two weeks ago. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, so surprise. But uh, yeah, we didn't do that last year either. But yeah, it got a one point, uh, 3.17 and people said that this was probably one of the best of the annuals up to that point. So that tells you something about the general quality of the annual, but Uh yeah, we're not going to crap too heavily on it because, you know, these brought joy to school children through Britain through the 70s who really didn't have standards for anything better. (laughs) I assume. and we'll leave it I at can, that <laughs> we'll leave it at that yes <laughs> so thank you guys yeah, thank you and thank you fellow time travelers for giving us your valuable time next time we start off the new year right with our discussion of the final key to time book terence dick's novelization of the armageddon factor in the meantime, if you like what you've heard here, like us on Facebook at Dr. Who Target Book Club Podcast, all aboard with no spaces. Also feel free to follow us on Twitter, we're at BC. or subscribe to us via the podcast provider of your choice, including Spotify. If all else fails you, and it never does at Christmas time, does it? Email me directly at emperordalic at gmail.com with Target Book Club in the subject line so I don't ignore it. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe. Happy holidays, and enjoy your travels. Bye-bye. Bye. I wish to be your friend. Please,
2: may I have some more love pudding and custard. Direction point. Direction point. A Doctor Who Podcast Network.